You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! It's killing me to know that I'm at war with who I was and who I am. Is kindness my weakness? A million minds, I hear their cries, I'm powerless to change what they see. So this one's for the fallen. We're everyone it's me joe and thanks for checking in on episode 17 of that's awesome i'm back home after two weeks or i'm back in la i still want to call boston home for some reason so i'm back at my where i live in la from visiting home and i flew in today um, so I'm 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 all messed up with my times and I'm exhausted right now. I'm barely staying awake. Um, Josh, how have you been doing? Pretty good. Pretty I good. I survived the chip experience. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to That's ask about. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so um, some of you know people that are part of our throne membership chat. Uh, we we drew some winners for our uh, raffle. Uh, that only people in our throne chat are eligible f- eligible for. So we want to send a congratulations out to Chad and Alexa for winning the Ice Nine Kills crew shirt and the Andres CD. We do have a drawing coming up for Royal Coda's vinyl and CD as well. So um, if you haven't checked it out yet and you're interested in potentially getting your hands on some of that stuff and participating in our live chat, our live streams, all that kind of stuff, uh, you can check out uh, the link on our Instagram. It's on mm, – where else is it, Josh? Our Instagram. It's – what is it? It's it's thrown.live slash at the at symbol and then my name, Joe O'Cuti. But we'll post a link to it on the episode yeah. too. Um but we just filmed a live stream from when we announced those winners, and we ate some very spicy chips. What Josh found them? What were they called? Where were they from again? What was it called? Uh, uh I, Pocky. Yeah, 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 yeah. P a q u i. Yeah, and they were fucking hot. Like they were yeah. spicy chips. They're the ghost pepper ones because we couldn't get our hands on the super spicy one. Which, when we can, dude, we're gonna do it. Like I really want to try the really spicy one. Um, 
I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you have to do it. You have to do it. <laughs> oh my god. No. Um, so I, dude, that's terrible. I'll, I'll. Oh, you no. didn't get. Did you ever finish the bag? No, I gave the other half to my friend. We played NHL, and every time he scored a goal, he had to eat a chip. That's that's awesome. It was great. That's great. Um, <laughs> wait, what? Which NHL do you have? Because I'll play with you. <laughs> uh. He he has it actually. He has sixteen. So okay, I think I may have the, that between one. us. Yeah, we should. I I I want to do um I some suck. game streams for Throne. That'd be fun. I do too. Yeah, let's do that. We should find some game that we never played and try to do it. Yeah, dude, or we'll take we'll suggestions. That'd be good. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's figure that out. So yeah, uh, check out Throne. We're doing a lot of weird shit in there, and it's fun. And you might get some free stuff. It's seven bucks a month. Um, and it helps us out quite a bit as well. So thank you for everyone that's in there and that's been active in it. It's been pretty sweet. All right, cool. Dude, today when I was flying in, um, it just like got this weird orangey hazy color in the whole plane because of all the fires in California. It was crazy. Like I looked down at one point and saw a fire and like smoke coming out of the mountains and stuff. Oh, dang. And then we like got lower and I realized that we were it I thought it was just clouds, but it was all smoke. And we went through it and it just was like bright orange in the plane. It was the craziest thing until we like got out of it. It was nuts. But um it was wow. pretty weird coming from like the northeast leaving flying out of there where everything's like bright green and like lush and then flying into la which is very like dry brown and also on fire (laughs) you know very different experience um so maybe i should have stayed but i didn't um and i'm here and it's and it's hotter here and stuff i heard it got to over 120 here this past week Wow. It's pretty That's brutal. disgusting. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm glad I missed that. Um, but yeah, apparently there was like ash all over our driveway and stuff. I'm on a rant right now because it's just Oof. something that was on my mind because I just saw a picture of it pop up on my news feed. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So anyone yeah. In, in California or on the West Coast, like don't go hiking and stuff right now. Because I've been seeing all these people like getting rescued by helicopters and stuff. It's crazy. Um, all right. Oh. That was a tangent. Let's talk about today. Um, we just got off an interview with uh, Vincent from Awake at Last. Um, Vincent is someone that I've known for a while, but we, we really weren't didn't get like closer until we were on tour together on the Octane Accelerator Tour, which was uh, – this past fall uh, slash winter. So it was good to have him on again. We've actually been writing some music together uh, here and there as well. So uh, I've been wanting to get him on for a while. They are uh, a different kind of story this week. I think most of the bands that we've had on have had uh, success after, you know, grinding it out and all that stuff. But there's a similar in that way. But what's different about them is they got launched – uh, kind of into that next tier with the assist from radio, which is something that we haven't really had on our podcast yet. Uh, so it was interesting to hear how that helped them and and what kind of impact it had and, and even how they kind of got into that position, I felt like. 
Um, Josh just claimed it's one of the best interviews we've done. So if he's wrong, you can crucify him on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter and all that oh, stuff. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Great. Thank you for that. Yep. <laughs> um, cool. So anything I should add, Josh? Am I missing anything for this week? Oh, also, um, yeah, thanks for everyone who's uh, participated in the launch of um, our network, Sound Talent Media. We're really excited, and we've been working closely with them on some stuff coming up. And uh, it was really, really gratifying to finally be able to announce that. Um, I will also want to like make sure that you guys check out the website and um, check out all the other podcasts on there as well. I got to listen to a few of them already, and I just wrapped one up uh, at just wrapped up an episode on the plane, actually. So, pretty sweet. Um, cool. As long as I'm not forgetting anything, right, nice. Josh? We're good. Are we? Yeah. I mean, um, just to add, the link to Sound Talent Media is in our bio on, I think, all social media, so you can find the other podcasts there. Sweet. And listen to them. Yeah, let's do it. All right, with that, uh, let's not take up any more time. Let's send it over to you. Yeah. Um, how have you been, dude? Um, I've been pretty good, dude. I mean, uh, going to Nashville was kind of fun, but it was also like kind of taking my brain to the uh, to the gym after not going to the gym for a while. You mm. know what I mean? Like really like when did you get to, back? Like, I got back. I want to say like the 4th of September. I know we left like the 3rd, but we didn't get back until like 7 a.m. because it was like a 14 hour drive from uh-huh. Nashville. Damn. Um, we're recording, by the way. I just like oh very cool okay so now everyone knows you were in Nashville um but we can chop stuff up too um yeah well cool dude so how was how was traveling you just drove from where is it from New York or Jersey is it actually yeah it was kind of a crazy story dude so usually when you travel to Nashville from Delaware you would go over the Bay Bridge which Mm -hmm. leads you to like Maryland and like Baltimore area but uh and I I couldn't I we literally like hit like four hours of traffic and we did not know what was going on, but the bridge was basically closed down because there was literally a jumper on the bridge oh, and wow. they had like completely stopped traffic and they were trying to like talk this guy Dude, down. Dude, you should so have the- jumped out there, did your whole self-love speech. Oh my God. It would no. have been well, perfect. We didn't even, we didn't even, Dude, the traffic was so bogged down that we didn't even get to the point where the bridge was. You know what I mean? It was literally like. If only they had known we, that we you were sitting in there. Off. If they had known that you were only, you know, half a mile away, just with the self-love oh speech prepared, ready to go, <laughs> you could have been right up there. This is – no one knows what I'm talking about. I, 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 I gave everyone uh, in Awake at Last shit on the tour that we did together. Just not uh, – hopefully it wasn't mean because it wasn't never intended to be mean, but uh, – 
<laughs> Mitsu would go up and, and give a speech about self-love. And I just... Hell yeah, self-love forever. Right. And he's very enthusiastic about his speech, so I just ca- started calling him self-love. And that became a joke. Somehow. And it's still going today. And now you give it back to me, which is great. Yeah. It's, Every it's time I say something like, oh, I'm an idiot, you're like, dude, self-love, man. Come on. This is true, man. Yep. You got you to take care of yourself. You got <laughs> you to you be nice to yourself. Yeah. But no, it was crazy, dude, because like, I just, I don't know, to think of, I mean, I know that the world's kind of crazy right now, but to think that somebody was really out there, I like, know, just ready man, to go. You know crazy. what I mean? Like, wow. That's nuts. But yeah, so that was kind of a ball, a bummer moment. And we ended up having to drive like all the way up through like, uh, like the Northern road that took us up through like mm-hmm. Pennsylvania and stuff to like take us back over West. It was pretty wild, but yeah. getting to Nashville was cool. Although Nashville was like a hot spot for COVID. Are so we people were basically like, like out like normal there and stuff. Nah, well, at least if they were, we didn't check it out. Like we didn't yeah. go to any of the downtown areas. We we basically only went to these like three cafes that what were like a bummer, within walking distance of the studio. Nashville's so fun. I know. I had all these like thoughts of like potentially going to the city and trying to get some inspiration or something, mm-hmm. and it was just like, yeah, it's like a hot spot right now. Like you yeah. probably shouldn't go downtown. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a bummer because I do love Nashville. You know, it's literally like one of the places I might potentially like consider moving to it's one such day. A great city. But it is. It's it's awesome. And we were at this cool little spot called like Berry Hill that was like all studios. Mm, like some of the really yeah. nice studios were there, yeah, and it was like cool. it was a cool jam. Like it was a cool vibe. And uh, the the producer guy next door that worked uh, next door to my friend Kyle Odell and Zach, uh, his name's Malcolm. I forget his last name, but he did uh, the big, uh, the big. Oh my God, what was the CD called? It was like a platinum record. It was. It's three a.m. It must be lonely. Oh my God, dude! Um, one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, Yourself or yeah. someone you like you by Matchbox Twenty. Matchbox 20, he was the dude that did that <laughs> record. So I like walked in and said hi to him. And he's this, you know, pretty cool dude. He's a little bit older, but he literally has like the platinum record with like the pilot guy like on the okay. thing. And it was For real, like, dude, bam. No one believes me when I say this. No one ever believes me. Matchbox 20 is 100% in my top three bands of all time. Really? I'm obsessed dude, with them. I mean, I love them. They that. are really, they are really good. I've always liked them. You know, they, they were definitely like that band that everyone like heard in the 90s. So and it was like, good. So good. Yeah. Um, that's cool, and man. The guy well, was really cool, really nice dude. So it was, it was just cool to be like, oh damn, like you're the guy behind that record. That's like, awesome. I, know that record, I love know? that, so. um, dude. Let's talk. Well, now that we've kind of said that you were in Nashville, tell us what you were, what you're up to in Nashville, and then I want to go in reverse order back to the beginning of the band and stuff. Oh yeah, totally. Um, so basically, um, as we all know, quarantine and COVID nineteen basically just like completely swept the rug out from most. Uh, most of the live performance stuff that we were doing as musicians and uh you know and one of after my like two two months of just like pure deep dark you know like depression where i was like why am i even doing this like it's like I, if we can't go perform i just it was a dark time but there's always that little bit of light that comes out of it because you know i we got to writing you know yeah. and it was cool to like get back to like really writing with the band you know like like eric my guitar player and i would like sit in my room and work for hours just like trying to figure out like cool songs we wanted to put together and we eventually came came up with like somewhere around like 24 25 different demos mm-hmm. you know even some of the jams that you and i had messed around on and um and you know it was it was kind of just the, our buddies had just moved to Nashville and they had just gotten the new studio. They wanted us to come check it out. So we, you know, we just got in touch with them and, 
And uh, we just kind of went over and decided we were going to try to record some of these new ideas to see if we could, you know, get some more content because, yeah. you know, basically the music industry is it's content it's digital now. now. That's it. Yeah, it's digital. So mm-hmm. we want to we want to continue to put out new songs and just keep peppering out some singles so that, you know, we can like keep putting out music because unfortunately my band is kind of scattered to the wind and it's like hard right. for us to all come together and mm-hmm. do like any of the live streaming stuff. Although we are potentially going to be working in some like acoustic type Very jam cool. stuff here soon yeah i got a buddy who set up his room for it so we're gonna see but um i do think that there's gonna be songs you know that there's gonna be so much like good music that comes out over the next year i think and not only because people have time to write it i think like this is playing into the whole cliche but like everyone's really upset right now (laughs) and like depressed and like stuck inside and there's probably going to be some great songs that come out of that you know yeah, what I mean? man i really i completely agree with you i think that you know it could potentially be like sort of a new renaissance for music you know what i mean like it could be you know and, and you know it's, it's gonna it's sort be of just last... even in the way the industry has to adapt exactly it's because you know there's already so many bands that like haven't even made it through the like the downtime, you know, some, you know, some bands were just out there who were just doing the performance aspect of stuff. And, you know, it, it's going to be like whichever ones were able to like kind of weather the storm. Right. And then once the storm does finally pass and, you know, I can't wait for that day. I feel like people are going to really remember and, and maybe even appreciate going to concerts more. You remember how like in the earlier phases, it was kind of hard to get people out to shows. Yeah. Now that they've been trapped and unable to go to shows, I'm hoping that when it does come back, people will be like, yo, there's a Dude, show going on. I, like, can I don't tell you, I mean, or whatever. Obviously, it's different for me and you, but like I can't wait to be able to go to a show like as a spectator. I can't. Oh, wait. yeah. Like I was lucky enough to um, see someone actually um, do a recording of a performance for some, mm. for something like fairly recently, which was really cool. Um, because that was like a live show or whatever, but it still is not the same as like seeing a, a real show, you know, there's just yeah, a different I... energy and stuff. So I can't wait. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be the first person that goes back into that because <laughs> I'm a little more cautious yeah. than most people. Right, but, right. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I feel you, man. I, I always like to go on to shows and seeing like what other bands were cooking up, you know, looking at the up and comers. I like watching the up and comers. They're yeah. like, you know, because they're all too. like just grinding it out, you know. But um, but you're right. I mean, I know some like cover bands and some of the like bars and stuff in Delaware are already starting to do like shows again at some of the like beach spots. But right. I don't know. I haven't checked it out. I'm well, like, dude, you know, get this. So it's I, a little early for me, too. I just flew home from Boston today. And Donovan was out there from Hail the Sun and Nova just coincidentally um, visiting his sister. So we like he put out something and we did a private, very, very socially distanced acoustic show to like limited to like 25 people. And it was in a huge backyard that was like really, really spaced out. And we had everyone wore masks and everything. But just as Donnie really wanted to do a, a performance and I asked me to do it with him and. It was pretty fun. Like it was different because it was very intimate, except distant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it even yeah, even doing that, like having like there was like chairs spaced out appropriately, scattered. Around. Oh, like every six feet. You even have, like, more. A we did even more than that, dude. Like we, it was like really wow. spread out. So it was different, though. It was it was interesting, and I 
I guess it was, it kind of makes me think of like, what, is that how you're going to have to space people like in a venue and stuff? Like, do you have to quarter it off, like divide it into sections and have a certain number of people in each one? Like, it's weird in a standing room venue to think about that, you know? Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I'm assuming they're going to have to do something like that. Or, you know, a lot of like restaurants and stuff have those like little glass window jams that separate some of the booths. Maybe yeah, they'll have like boxes of people show, or something right? like that's well, box the yeah. sound and stuff. I don't know, man. I mean, most of like some of the bigger bands that had like the budgeting, like Metallica or whatever, like they did that live performance where they just recorded that. And then you, they just like shift, like sent it off to like different like drive-in theaters yeah. or whatever. I was like, dang, like. That was one way to do it, I suppose, you know. Yeah. And then they only had to do one performance, right? right? Like, oh, wow, you know, one performance and you can just, like, send it off on, like, a digital yeah, tour. Yeah, crazy. Know. It is weird, dude. Yeah, definitely weird. All right, well, anyway. Although, they... No, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, sorry no, you that. go ahead. I no. want to hear. I was going to say, I think one of the cool things about everything going socially distance is I, I'm seeing more collaborations happening oh, between totally, artists. It's yeah. almost like going on tour now with an artist is like having somebody like sing on your tune or yeah. like, you know, singing on someone else's tune. So not only that, even with like, writing, dude, so many more people are just kind of like, cause everyone's doing the same shit right now. And people write stuff that like, you know, doesn't work for what they're working on and need to share it with people. There's just so much collaboration going on. Right. Which is cool. Um, I want to get into uh, your band. I want people to learn more about you. So let's start um, back at the beginning. Like what got you into music? How did you start or what made you want to be in a band or want to be a singer? Oh, uh, wow. Okay. I didn't know we were going. We oh, were going, going back way the back and then man. we're going to move right. very quickly into the band. No, that's cool. No, I um. so I was always a singing kid. You know what I mean? I was a very, very not popular kid. Um, I was like pretty smart, but like when, you know, back in the 90s, being a smart kid was like not the cool thing to do. So, um, but I was always in choir and I got made fun of a lot for being in choir, which made me really nervous to do some of the performing stuff that I did. But I think somewhere around like middle school, I eventually did take up like a solo in one of the performances. And, you know, people like, you know, I mean, parents and stuff dug it, but and I, I guess I didn't start getting into like rock and roll until probably... Probably like high school. I want to say like the MySpace era. I okay, mean, so I mean, you weren't really like, into like rock music before that. What were you into? Like pop and hip hop and stuff I mean, like that. I I liked a little bit of the like the R and B, like the like the '90s R and B stuff when okay. I was younger. Younger. Yep, my yep. my dad though, he was like pretty into rock, but he, he was into like Journey and mm-hmm. like Kiss and Santana and got stuff like it, that. So. It. Rock to me came from like that era and, you know, and then, you know, once the MySpace thing kicked in and like the pop punk and the emo and all that stuff, that's when I think I really like dove in, you know, and and that was like, I want to say like my sophomore or junior years when I like really started getting into bands like AFI, Sing the uh, Sorrow okay, was yep. like. Yeah, my theme, my theme album. Yep. You know, I loved that's uh, a great bands album. like Story of the Year, mm-hmm. My Chemical Romance. Uh, you know, The Used was a big one for me. So they you were, were just like, so, like, you're talking like and, golden age of Warp Tour, just like yeah, yeah, you know. And 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 I I think that's when it kind of and that's when people started to kind of like be a little bit more accepting of me, kind of being the like weird singing kid. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I was pretty heavily bullied up until I started getting into music, and then I started realizing that like music was like really a great way for me to kind of express myself and like connect with people and without having to necessarily like directly, you know, kind of yeah in, interact with like the people who were bullies and stuff like that, you know? So and, you and just so mean like was, even finding those bands and stuff that, that was like, help, mm-hmm. or was that just like finding the people that were like-minded as you or 
Yeah, you know, and yeah. you know, it th- that's definitely where it kind of began. And then, you know, um, that's around the time that Eric and I met. Uh, we we got brought together by a, a mutual homegirl of ours, and uh, she just knew that I was looking to get into a band. And Eric's singer had just quit, and she was like, "Oh my god, like you should play in a band with my friend Eric." And we got together, and you know, that was like the first moment where him and I really started working because <laughs> Eric and I, my guitar player, we've been in this since like. I want to say 2005, 2006. So this, we're this talking band. years and years. Not Awake at Last, but playing in bands together, okay. which is, I guess, that's where it's going to take us on the journey to where we came to Awake at Last. Because we went through, played a couple shows with these like kind of small bands. It was back when like playing in churches was really popular yep, or yep. like doing the little like venues and stuff. And then, um, you know, once we like got out of the high school phase, I started college for a little while, but I ended up quitting it because my grandfather passed away and it kind of was like a awakening. It was kind of like a life's too short. Like I want to do music. I don't mm-hmm. want to be like a computer network engineer or something. Although, you know, and in retrospect, I wish that I might've looked into it a little <laughs> bit, you know, cause I could have had a year to like just do some networking, but, sure. but you know, but then, you know, so we started playing shows and, you know, we had a couple of bands kind of get together and break was apart. Was it always you know, the same little... kind of same style of music or what kind of stuff were you writing back then? I think that the style kind of changed as I changed, you know, in the, in the early phases, I was playing guitar and singing and it was way more like kind of pop punk kind of mm-hmm. emo-y stuff where I would kind of follow the vocal melodies with the guitar chords because right. I wasn't like super good with the muscle got memory it, got yet. It, got and, it, yep. and Eric used to be like the lead guy. He would just do like the tasty leads over some of the like choruses and some of the riffs and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just, and then we eventually just started recording stuff and people seemed to dig it we even played a couple shows out like as teenagers when we were younger but um we formed awake at last um when i moved back i had moved away for a couple years so we had like a band that split off he had a different band for a little while i was like trying to do like an edm kind of like goth band thing for a little Ah. while it was like a phase phase. i'm gonna look um, that up definitely need to find uh, that we never put anything out it was like dead on arrival it was just something that i would have loved to have seen promo pictures for it or something there's got to be something. Oh, dude! I mean, it was. Oh, I hope that it was banished from. Did you this have earth. parachute pants on? Those giant pants. Um, it was more like the. Uh, it was more like the the like the thumb hole like long black shirt thing, Fish-net-y you know, thing? or like the, there was some fishnetty stuff. Oh, you know, we, we yes. did like the dark eyeliner and stuff. You know, oh, it was real man, like gotta like vampire underground club kind of shit. Yeah, you know? that's it was, exactly it was, like, what I was all, thinking. Like, you know, and, and that was just a phase. But, you know, I moved to Philly and then um, we had like a shitty landlady up there that, that kind of even though we had paid all of our bills on time and we were like perfect tenants. She had like friends that were moving to the to the country from uh, the Philippines, I think, or it was either the Philippines or Vietnam. But so she um, kicked you guys out. They based, Yeah, she was always like, thanks for being perfect tenants. But my friends are moving down here and I want to, you know, um, they want, uh, you know, we want to just you know, we're just going to have them move in instead. And we were kind of like, okay, you know, and then, so I got sent back home, which is where I reconnected with Eric, who had just split up with his other band. And we found a, a buddy of ours named Jesse, and we just started playing in the garage again. We spent like the whole summer writing songs. When was this? That, like what year was that? This was 2011. So okay. I, I moved away 2009 and then I came back, uh, 2011 after living up in Philly for a little while. And um, we started Awake at Last in 2011. So the, the official start date was March 14th, 2011. Ah, and that's when we were two like, days before my birthday. Know. Oh, really? Yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Let's yeah, see. Where we were was I? 2011. Jamming. No, I was already 21. I was trying to think if that was the birthday where I ended up sleeping in an alley in Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't. Wow. Though. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a. That sounds like a whole story, dude. It's a South by thing. Oh, okay. I remember South by. That might be when you and I first like came across each other because we did South by pretty early on. I want to say we did 2011, 2012. That's when we saw Venetia Fair in Austin. Was uh, Dirty Dog right? Yeah. Was that? I don't remember. Was it what Dirty year Dog? It might have been the bar next door. No, it I was Dirty Dog. We did play Dirty Dog. We did play the Dirty yeah. Dog down there. I Rest know we in met peace, down there. dude. I heard that that place didn't make it through the quarantine. Oh, That's really? a bummer. Yeah, man. Oh, what a bummer. That sucks. Yeah, someone posted, uh, I got a friend who lives in Texas and posted, like, damn, like, I saw some of my favorite shows here, like, rip. I was like, yeah, dang, dude. dude. So many venues are just falling off now. I, I, That's because I w- they relied on bands like us to get in there and play shows I and know, sell tickets, man. I there was man. some way to, like, get something going viral for these venues or something, you know? Like, I've seen them try, but it just hasn't taken off the way other stuff has. Yeah, I've, what's the thing? I've seen a couple of friends change their profile pictures for like the red the alert red, thing. Yeah, it's the like red, red alert. alert. You know, we we do events. Um, I I mean that's definitely a vibe. And it's just you know, gotta be. I don't know. It is sad to see like some of those cool like smaller places go down like that. Yeah, it's just just so many independent venues that are at risk, and it sucks. Yeah, most of those are my favorite ones. You know, dark times, man. Dark yeah. times. We'll see what happens. If you see stuff yeah. to donate to venues, do it. Very important. Yes. Do that. It, it helps it's everyone It's just involved. as important as buying merch from bands and stuff. Like, super important. So help out venues if you want to see live music again. Especially now, because venues don't even really have that ability to, like, just put music out. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we can continue to put music out and, like, do streams or, like, live streams or whatever. But the venues needed to get people in those doors. You know what I mean? And I know that ugh. some of these venues are using their, like, kitchens. They're leasing their kitchens to other restaurants and stuff. Wow. To, do, to do, like, delivery and, and stuff out of them, you know? That's I mean, I heard. guess whatever you got to do. It's you know smart. I mean? it's smart. Um, cool. Yeah. So, you, so you formed Awake at Last. How'd you? What? Who was the lineup at that point? Uh, the first original lineup of Awake at Last was me, Eric, uh, my friend Jesse, and my friend. Uh, it was Jesse Kime, and uh, we had a, another guy named Mike who like basically played bass for like one session uh, for one like mini tour that we did, and then he got replaced by a guy named Estel. You guys then, just uh, we started touring like immediately. That was yeah, literally. That was like what we thought was the key to making it as Dude, a band. Dude, that's Especially what we did being, too. That's what Venetia for I did. Mean, it was a thing, you know. Being from Delaware, we were you know within four or five hours of like all these major like cities and stuff we could go to, and like a small weekend run, and we would just ripple out. You know, I called it the ripple, yeah. like the ripple technique and we would just we'd start somewhere and then we'd see how the like crowd re- reacted see what bands we thought were cool that we were gonna like oh yeah we're gonna come back in like a month or so like we'll play another show together you know and and we just we just hit the road man and and because you had to delaware's yeah. only music scene basically is in the form of like being a cover band that plays at the beaches like you can Are, make is money there by a doing scene that. there like a local scene not for original music. I mean, there are a couple of pretty awesome bands around here. Um, Hoochie Coochie is one of my favorite. They're kind of like a, a hip hop kind of vibe. I don't um, hear of a lot of bands um, coming out of Delaware. Yeah. Definitely. What are, what other it's, bands come out have come out of there? Uh, um, 
they weren't from Delaware, but there was a pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a bad there way was a to pretty start awesome, the answer. Yeah, they, there was a. The, I remember they like kind of claimed Dominion over Delaware. They were called Life on Repeat. They were like a pretty oh, good like, uh, like kind of like a like a like a pop rock band with like some breakdowns. I remember. I think they were more from like the Maryland area, like Ocean City, but that's like literally like an hour down the road, hour mm-hmm. and a half down the road. So I remember they were like one of the bigger bands that came out of here. Uh, there was a band called Something to Fight For that did something for a little while. I liked them. Um, for a little while, there was this church that would throw shows, and uh, we saw some cool bands. Like uh, Monty R.I. came down, oh, wow. and that was when I first heard Monty, yeah. which I thought was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I can see so they uh, were really cool. uh, some similarities in your guys' music now that you say that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I definitely was like probably like 16 or 17 when they came into town. And that was one of the first like touring bands I saw that I was like, oh, I want to do like what these dudes were doing because they talented. weren't like huge, huge. They weren't huge, huge, but they were like, you know, they were just like hitting the road. And I just thought that was so cool. They won that battle of the bands and like got signed to Atlantic or something, didn't they? That was like their thing. Maybe. Maybe yeah, that's, that's where what it all was. started. That for dude them. now is like writing like hits. For like pop really? stars. I'm not surprised. I thought that he had a really, really good um, handle on like yeah, songwriting and he stuff. Really I, does. I loved like Wall of People. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was a great album. That was like I think 2005, 2006. Yeah, I'm not 100. Um, it definitely was when I was in high school. So that that sounds right. right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, cool. So I remember you, that. you you just went out and toured. I love it. I I have been yeah, man. I've been saying to so many people that that's I mean if you want to do music and you're and you're truly serious about serious about it you just have to do it. You know. Yeah. You know it it it's definitely a slow and steady wins the it race is. kind of method. It you is. Know, but, but you know everyone that does play. it. Ev- everyone that does it, even if you don't find or at least that I know of, um, if you don't find success in in the band side of things and you still want to remain involved in music it's just you can do it easily just from that Mm -hmm. because when you start like taking music seriously as a band member or like someone in a band you run it you have to run it like a business which means you have to network with people you have to learn how the business or the how the industry works so you can pivot easily into just kind of like whatever you kind of force yourself into as long as you have like competence in it you know yeah, that's what Based, I. Vote. Yeah, pretty much. I, yeah, I mean, I know so many people that have pivoted into management and tour management and booking. I mean, all that shit. I mean, Imran, your guitar player, and and even myself, yeah. like we both pivoted into booking for a bit. You know. Yeah, because it, it sort of like keeps you involved, and yet you know, it's like, oh well, my band's not on tour for a couple months, but your band is. Like, I know how to do long drives, exactly. and, you know, and I'm used to the lifestyle, so let's just do it. You know. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is definitely a thing. It, it takes a while. It took us a long time to, like, really get a foothold, you know. But, you know, eventually, you know, you you play for five people and they tell five of their friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it sounds cliche to say that, but that's literally what happened for some of us. Like, we'd play certain places two, three, four, five times, and eventually they'd have, like, a big festival or something. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, co- totally come back. And yeah. all of a sudden, you know, a lot of people would show up and come rock out with us. So. Where would you say, it's like, was your first out-of-state, uh, like – big fan base for you or a fan base where you felt like oh man we have to go back to the spot like every tour uh that actually would probably be um virginia um richmond virginia the the canal club 
Yes, the Canal Club. Um, that was like one of the first places where we really like I think just like struck a chord with like the like people that lived around that area. And there were a lot of really cool bands from that area because yeah. it's in like this cool like industrialized like kind of part of town too. And uh, I remember we played there at the Canal Club just in the like the first floor room. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get up to like a really big room, but um, I remember one time it, like all of a sudden we went from playing for like you know 50 60 people to like all of a sudden like 200 300 kids started coming out and we were like oh wow like yeah. you know like people were really oh, like man, that it scene, feels so good when you finally like, find yeah. that spot it felt like the the scene was like still alive there where it had died in so many other states and i yeah. think at least that's how it felt and for then me. two days later you're routing through west virginia and you played at 15 people Yep. Right. Yep. 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 <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Cause you know, but that's how kind of it starts, you know, like that's what we would sort of do. We would, uh, we would book like the areas we knew we had built for a while for yeah. like and the big weekend areas. Of, like and then said, we would ripple. just do like the test markets. Yeah. Like, yeah you just, just do ripple test out of there throughout the week. And then you kind of find yeah. like, I remember being always, uh, like I remember in the early stages of Venetia fair and this didn't last, but somehow we established like, a pretty decent following in Kokomo, Indiana, which is not a market. You know what I mean? Kokomo, it's just, it, Indiana. Yeah, it was just a routing date, right? And it was just a spot that we would hit like on every routing thing we had to do. Like if we had to drive anywhere past like or even just get to Chicago, we would always play Kokomo and it turned into like a great market for us. It's just like really That's random. Awesome, man. Yeah, super, super random. Really nice people. <laughs> Was it like a was it like a smaller town kind of vibe? I, I yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it seems like the smaller town people like when you're like a kind of like unknown band, but you hit the same small town every once in a while. I noticed that like the yeah, small you get like town a bond people, with like, them. Yeah, they they really like appreciate you and like you like sort of end up re- representing adventure to them, and they're right. kind of just like, oh, like you're back, like you're killing it right now, and yeah. they like they like watch you grow like with that kind of like the small town mindset. I love. Some of those venues. Ohio was a big one for us too. I know that that's like what part? that was one of the ones that we kind of built slowly but surely. Um, man, we um, always struggled in like Columbus, but did well in like Cleveland or. Uh... Cleveland was a pretty good spot for us. Um, I know Youngstown, Ohio is like a kind of a college town. We yeah. like got kind of lucky over there, and we uh, we would play with some pretty cool bands over there too, and we we got a pretty good following in that area too. Um, so that was definitely one of the spots. Um, we didn't start hitting like the, uh, the Midwest and West coast until like kind of towards the end of like the last couple of years. I remember it was mostly like East coast and kind of Midwest cause mm-hmm. Midwest is like rock land. You know what I mean? Yeah, All yeah. the Midwest peeps like love rock and roll. Did so. you always want awake at last? Did, like, cause I'm not super familiar with the early stages of awake at last. Was it always kind of that rock sound? Because you guys are having a ton of success um, with, like, rock radio right now. Like, was it always that kind of It sound? was sort of a gradual – it's sort of a gradual shift. I think that um, – I and I don't necessarily say this, like, in a bad way, but I think that the earlier Wake of Last stuff was a lot weirder. And I say that in, like, you know, the best way of, like, right, right, weird right. I could explain. It was so much more conceptual. And I was, like, you know, and I, I was always writing stuff – and I remember, like, you know, it was kind of wordy. And when I got, like, more into songwriting, I'd realize, like, oh, man, like, these some of these older songs are, like, real wordy. Because, mm. you know, I was always trying to, like, tell these stories. And everything was all concepts when we started out. I, I had this same kind of, like, 
uh, like a cycle of concepts that were kind of happening because it was all part of my journey in music, you know? So I mm -hmm. kept like kind of telling the story from the perspective that I was in. And in the beginning, it was a lot more, I think, you know, like I've told you before, we've done, I have like a theater background, right? So a lot of the earlier stuff I think was way more conceptual and kind of like out there. Yeah. And, um, you know, as we, as we started to like get further into things and, you know, you, you want to hone your craft. And I started working, you know, I started working with people who would like challenge me a little bit or like, you know, push me to try writing more like rock type stuff or like, oh, you know, like let's dig into a different kind of side of your voice and, and this and that. And, uh, you know, so the rock radio thing was kind of a pleasant surprise because it started with our song Purgatorium, right, which yeah. to me is still a really theatrical number. But it was, I guess, like just heavy and just rock enough for them to like give it a shot. And I think that maybe there was like a little bit of a hole that uh, that that rock radio world like wanted to fill with something with a band that was a little kind of weird you know yeah, and a little kind of out there theatrical side to it yeah it was sort of like a revisit to like an earlier phase in music you know what i mean I, I know that i come from that area era so i sort of like carry the torch for the kind of theatrical like you know well you know me you know, like kind i of love minor the theatrical key. stuff oh yeah i, I mean, mean i just watched the phantom movie on the plane today so that's awesome. Very, That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it was pretty good. I had never seen the movie before, but I loved the the songs in that did you, one. So did you see the one with uh? Was it the one with Gerard Butler? Yeah, and yeah, it was okay. <laughs> like, Who would have thought Gerard Butler would be like the Phantom? You know yeah, I mean? it was it was like it was pretty cheesy, but like they all are when they put them on a movie. Instead of the play, special effects, know? though, like the way that theater came to life in the beginning, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like exactly how I imagined it when I used to listen to the to the like record, you know, like yeah. when he's like, let's remove the veil of What's this, your this old story. What's your favorite uh, uh, musical? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, Hamilton's a big one for me. Okay, uh, see, that's I, like, I still haven't seen it. I, I got to see that's it. The, that's the one that I, like, bother my friends with the most. But I think Phantom, I would have to say, is my all-time go-to because that was, like, my first, like, mm -hmm. real dip into it. Phantom so I love sick. Phantom. I like Les Mis. Um, Les Mis is, I just oh, love man, it. Les Mis is really good, but it like tugs at my heartstrings really hard. And like, you know, I, I only watch it when I want to feel sad because <laughs> Les Mis is such a like it's sad pretty heavy. story. Yeah. But um, I for for some of the like, quote unquote, newer stuff, I really thought Town was really well put together. You're they not the do first this, person like, that's told me that. I haven't seen it. it. Honestly, it's, I haven't it's seen cool... much of new stuff besides um, the Book of Mormon and I think oh, that, I haven't even seen Book of Mormon that might yet. Might be it, honestly, for newer stuff. Well, if you're like in the mood, or if you're on a long drive, I feel I feel like Hades Town is cool because it's kind of chronological, and okay. it's I'll a cool it take out. on like yeah, it's a cool take on like the classic Greek tragedy, but they do it like in this weird like New Orleans like oh, it's railroad like kind of stuff? like southern yeah, it's like oh, the southern kind of like love bluesy it. jam way, and it's really cool. That sounds sick. All right, cool. Yeah, so, so let's get back to Awake at Last. So, yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, got, it's we good. This, we do, tangents are, are, are very uh, very much supported on this podcast. I okay, love the tangents. All right, all right, all right. let's yeah, keep I'm going. Actually, um, I'm really new to the podcast world. So Me too, dude. <laughs> so Well, how long have you been doing it? Um, This is maybe, what is this, four months now? Oh, okay. So you're like starting to get your like a foothold on it. I think so. That's, you're actually like our – our, what is it? This this the second public podcast on uh, our network on the network that we joined. So 
Oh, very cool. Yeah, pretty punk. Well, I'm uh, happy to be here. Hell yeah. Um, So let's go back to where were we with uh, Awake at Last. You guys were touring. You just went out and did it. Yeah. Um, Touring is where it all began. mm -hmm. And who were some of like the bands that you were, were was it all just like solo runs or were you touring with other bands? We used to do this thing where we would, um, we would book local shows. We would book local shows with local headliners that were like pretty decent bands in the area. Yeah. And we would just sandwich ourselves in the middle of yeah, it so yeah, that we could like share. So you're doing show swaps and stuff bit. when they come to you. you yeah. We did do a lot of that. And mm-hmm. and we had a couple of venues like in like the Baltimore area and, and sometimes in Delaware where we would bring those bands to us. Cause yeah, like, you know, sure. show swapping was definitely like, I'm curious was, like, if exchange. people still do that now because we grew up doing that in the same time. And I don't know if that's how it still works. I don't. I'm not sure. Either. We're gonna have to um, put it out into the into the world. Yeah, I was gonna say because one on like the Twitter machine. Yeah, or seriously. Because I remember when we started doing like more of the like radio stuff. Uh, I mean, it it became less about the show swapping and more about like like trying to. Well, it's just at any stage. Like when you grow into the next stage, you start working with a different level of bands, and then. Yeah, you always just are looking to try to get to that next spot. So that's true, man. You know, um, well, cool. So you're doing the smart thing, doing show swaps. When did you find that you were first able to get like? Because there was definitely a moment. Like I remember, we played with you in 2016, right? Was it 2016 when Venetia Fair played our final shows? I think it was. Yes, I think that was around the time. And I feel like it was like right around then where you guys were starting to get some national attention or at least traction. I I'm, I want to say it might have been like around that area we we started getting a little bit more. Um, I can't remember Purgatorium. That one came out in because it was like a it was a while after the song had come out that we like finally got that chance at like the Octane Test How Drive. Did that happen? And I remember, um, I think that we. We must have submitted. I think we submitted like through the, the same artist portal that everybody else submits to. And what they basically do is they kind of filter through who, the submissions and then they'll do like the test drive. And at the time when Purgatorium won, we were going up against Bad Wolves and we were going up against uh, Kane Hill. I remember those are like the guys that we were going up against. Uh-huh. And uh, and us and Kane Hill were like neck and neck, man. It was like and that was when they were still doing like poll voting to be on test drive so it was more about like get, can you get your fans involved right. involved yeah, enough yeah. to like vote for your band to get through and i mean i mean i'm not even joking when i say that the band stayed up for like the entire night the night before it ended like just speaking to everybody we yeah. could possibly speak to we went through our messages we went through our texts we went through like we pulled every favor from friends and families around the area and we were just like yo all we need you to do is just hit this button and just vote for us. And it was neck and neck, man. And we, uh, we, we were able to pull it off. And, um, once it started getting played, um, uh, I know it, it ended up playlisting on the Spotify playlist. I want to say it was the rock hard playlist or something. And it was like, that's when it was like, we saw more numbers than we had ever seen. And then, you know, it was sort of that moment where Octane was like, you know, Check out this attention. band, you know, this song by the by this band, Awake at Last. And, you know, when you hear, like, you know, Jose and those guys, like, mention right. it. And that was, like, we were on tour when it was happening. So we were just like, yo, yo, like, it's happening. And um, 
You know, that's and sick. so that's kind of where it started, which was with Life, Death, Rebirth, and then because um, that was the the first like official EP EP that we like really put out and did distribution for and stuff. But it was all self distributed back then and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I definitely Purgatorium is where it began, and I want to say that was probably around your timeline. I want to say 2016, maybe 2017. Yeah. Like I know it was like I know somewhere it was, around it was there. definitely yeah. I, I wish I had the exact dates. I should have like written down some notes or something. No, it's but all good. I can't. The I can't. General idea. I mean, it's yeah. a, so. So it started. It all started with radio, which I think. Well, at least like seeing your your fan base grow and it became kind of like a something that you. I don't know something that felt substantial, right? It yeah, no longer I mean, felt I, like I you were really trying. It felt like you had your foot in the door. I, I give a lot of credit to our fans because they uh, they definitely like showed up and did those votes you know what I mean and and you know and we were pushing it like it was still like a big grind and uh it's crazy to think about like how huge bad wolves ended up being you know mm. like after the fact and stuff like that because it was like I remember us in Kane Hill like our votes were like crazy off the charts and and you know but um but Bad Wolves is like killing it right now, which is cool because it was yeah. just cool that our journey started where you know their journey started too, and you know, and I and it was it was definitely like the it was almost like they couldn't ignore us anymore. You know, what I mean, like the fans were speaking up enough and like mm-hmm. requesting it enough to where like even if it was a little too weird or a little too theatrical, we had like found a niche with some of those guys, and they really yeah. like did it for us. You know, yeah, and I, that's, that's really awesome. Cool. So you got the radio play. Um, when did you start kind of like getting on the tours that were kind of, you know, put together, not just like you're doing it on your own through Facebook messenger? Um, that definitely probably around the time when we were beginning to record the change because, uh, Mm. we went into that album, like on the deal that we did, you know, we, we signed with outer loop and we did the, the one album with those guys. And, um, that was when we were like at that point we were like working with like some booking agents and stuff like that you know Imran was was doing some stuff and um you know we we had made some friends with some pretty cool bands you know we toured a lot with like the funeral portrait we toured yeah, a lot yeah, with like right. you know with uh with you know who are now damnation they were it leaves it breeds at the time mm-hmm. and and we we you know we had like homies that we would go out and we would kind of just do runs with um there's this band hour 24 from Toledo Ohio that we became pretty cool with and um you know, and we we did a lot of uh, so that's when we, I think our tour started to be more organized. You know what I mean? But it was still just like us in the road. You know, and it was rough, man. I mean, we did we did all the driving. We we mm-hmm. slept in whatever vehicle we had. We had that bus for the longest time. Yeah, Ugh, I remember. God, what a money pit that thing was. Dude, I've you know? never heard anyone have good stories about trying to do something like that. I mean. In in theory, it was pretty cool yeah, to have it's our always great in and to have this little area. But but it's yeah, man, when you have like a diesel a diesel engine and oversized vehicle, like finding places that would even be able to help you if you had issues, like changing a tire was difficult. Right. You know what I mean? It was like you yeah. had to find a place that was like big enough to to lift a bus. You know what I mean? And and. I mean, I love it. You know, rest in peace. I mean, it was sad when we had to put it to rest, but it was also like kind of a huge relief because I don't know, man. Just doing it in the van and trailer is just way easier it and is. just way more convenient. Yeah, it totally is. Um, that's great. So you guys started kind of trucking it, and then the change. That was a big song for you guys, wasn't it? Yeah, the change was huge, man. Uh, that was uh, I was 
pleasantly uh, kind of surprised because I thought that the change might have been a little too much on the theatrical side of things. It's you know definitely what I mean? like, I didn't super know theatrical. That, like, that song, though, yeah. totally stands out. Like, it definitely stands out. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, when we when I first wrote that one, I remember I went into the studio when we were working on the album, The Change. It was the first song we did. I had this whole idea in my head. I was like, this is, you know, it's going to do this and it's going to move through this and then it's going to do this. And I remember the producer being like, this is not, you know, this is not like an active rock kind of vibe. Uh-huh. Like, you know, and I was just like, it's fine. Everything's fine. We're just going to do it. And, and you know, and it was awesome because it did come through and you know of course you know spencer did the feature on it which was awesome because he also has that like kind of theatrical voice and right. i really like well, appreciate that he like got on board well. with that oh yeah, yeah. absolutely that's <laughs> why i love you guys <laughs> yeah so you did the change and then what what year did that come out 2018 um i want to say yeah i think that was 2018 um let me see. I'm pretty sure it was I'm around that area. I'm trying to put area. together timelines Spotify of like the other. 2019. What was it? 2019. 2019. <laughs> Damn, Josh yeah. on top of his it's shit. 2019. Look at that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was 2019, and that was uh, yeah, that was the title track of the record. So right. that was definitely like a big thing. What's funny about that one is I, I obviously had kept up with you guys because me and Imran had worked together. We we. You know, I had you guys on our final show in New York, so I obviously mm-hmm. like, you know, knew you guys and kept up with it. But I yeah, kind of like, I kind of, I remember being like super surprised, like sitting in the car with my mom and that song coming on, on a drive up, I don't even remember where we were going, and then it came on again on the way back, and I was like, what is going on? How, this band's going to be fucking huge now. I remember hearing no, it, it like super organically. I that's awesome, man. I, I like um I know Octane they 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 like got behind that one and, and yeah. they 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 definitely like, played did that it. Hit it was number really one. Cool. It, it I don't know if it ever made like Biggins number one, but I do remember seeing that it was it like was the number one most there. played song at a time. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely it was there for a bit. I think it did go up there. I think which it was did. like a blessing because that was sort of like that was like the, the the thing that changed it all you know yeah. it's funny that the song was called the change because it was just like i remember like honestly like it being kind of uh like unreal like surreal i was like is this like really happening right now did you, know? you see like an in, immediate like, response in your fans too i dude yeah and and then you know the the monthly listeners start going up and you know and then and i i mean i always would like try to like keep up with as many of the people who listen to the band as possible i remember just like i would be on messenger all the time and i remember like getting to that point where i would have like you know dozens and dozens and dozens of like notifications and being like oh my god like i'm gonna have to like really like take time to like answer all this because so many people were like getting into it and stuff and it was you know and and that was a big game changer and and it it was like that's when things really started to kind of pick up and and it was it was like pretty surreal because when you're like grinding the bottom of the barrel like touring and like you know like kind of like we were just slaves to the weather i remember doing warp tour dude the warp tour in the bus with no air conditioning like with just the windows down it was like a nightmare it was (laughs) it was like so it was like were you driving yourself that like Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it was hard to believe when things started to really like pick up because it was like, you're so used to like grinding that bottom of the barrel thing. I was like, Oh man, like this is like, 
you know, people are starting to respond to this and we don't have to like send out a hundred messages, you know, and that, so it was really awesome. And, uh, and I really do thank Octane for that, you know, cause it did. And, and I do think that, well, dude, you worked your ass off of, to get there too. It's not like you just got gifted a radio thing, you know? Yeah, I guess I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm kind of like hard on myself about it sometimes, but, but no, you're right. And, and, and we did, we, we like, we definitely grinded to yeah. get to that point. And, and then once it was there, it, it definitely like it picked up. And, you know, that's when I think I think that's when my songwriting might have even shifted a bit, because when you become like you have kind of to kind of start thinking like, differently that. Yeah. You know, like when you get like kind of caught like tangled in with like that culture now, you know, it would make me think differently. Like, oh, like maybe this is too this might be a little too whimsical. Let me like do something a little bit more heavy here. Let me do you get a find more, that like, it's like do you think it it it, it um, it's a positive or negative thing? I think that it can be both. Yeah. I think that the writing process can be extremely difficult for some people, especially people like me. I have like really hard anxiety and I'm really, really hard on myself. So I will rethink four words of lyrics like for an hour. I'll, I'll agonize over it until I'm like, OK, like this is the line. Like this is the one I'm going to put down, you know, mm-hmm. and, and 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 in some ways, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm like. I don't want to say that it puts me in a box, but sometimes I feel like I'm, a, I'm like, OK, well, I need to like sort of I need to like check off these boxes with this song. And sometimes the song doesn't call for some of those boxes to be checked off, you know, for that like pure fluid kind of creative version right. of it. And, um, you know, so so I guess it's a little bit of both, which is why I try to do a little bit of both. You know, I, I appreciate rock music and I like just getting kind of like like heavy on it sometimes but but you know i also try to like pepper in those like kind of weird theatrical kind yeah of, like, man, i'm all about that uh, honestly for me too, like you know? heavy music wouldn't be fun without that stuff there's two there's there's two there's a there's no shortage of bands that are just heavy for the sake of being heavy and you can find that everywhere but those theatrical things are what makes bands stand out to me theatrical are just like having your own thing like i don't know harmonies and all that shit you know what i mean yeah, that was a big thing. I know when we did the tour with you guys, uh, we had just started uh, the tour right before that. Um, I forget where we were, but um, we were out right before that, and that's when I we just started working with like the three part harmonies with me, Eric, and Drew. So mm-hmm. like we were, like we were working on that and kind of like like honing that for the the Octane Accelerator tour that we did with you guys. I yeah. remember that. But yeah, once you do that, it is a kind of thing. And then you know we had the shirts where we did like the different like symbols, and we did the yeah. you know we we tried to like. I, I try to bring those little elements of theatric theatrics to it, you know, but you know, it always on a budget, you know what I mean? Like we, yeah. I haven't had my grand vision yet, you know, like oh, I'm, I'm waiting and to you know what? You probably never have, will like, because you never will because as soon as you're able to get what you want now, you're going to want more after, I, do you know? Yeah. I always, I always tell like up and coming musicians, I'm like, imagine climbing a mountain and the top is just like exactly where you want to be. And you're just like reaching for it, you know, just reaching for the stars. Dude, just, I remember, just, you know, it's really funny to say that. Fiber. I remember when I was in um, Venetia Fair, like right before we had broken up, I went out to eat and I won't tell you who it was, but it was someone in a band that was like a band that I be, I was like, oh, wow, they're like killing it. They're out there like doing the thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting down with them and I'm eating and, and they were just like, damn, dude, like. I just like don't get it, man. Like, why haven't we like popped to that next spot? Like, I don't understand. Like, we're working hard. Our music's good, and I was just like, "What do you?" 
I would fucking kill what? to be where you are right now. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like you are guaranteed to play in front of people every night. I have to go yeah. sometimes and play to five people. You know, yeah, like, but it's it's totally vibe. like it scales. Like now, I mean, and this is stupid for me to even say because it's not even my band. But like, you know, we, where we can draw, the, you know, a, a good amount of people now, it still would be great to be able to, you know, be one of those bands that draws five thousand people. You know, yeah, and then dude, I'm sure like, there you're just gonna want the twenty thousand level, and who knows? You know, you're it just keeps not going. wrong, man. Music is like the the unobtainable like mistress dream you know yeah. what i mean like every time you get to the next level i think it kind of it, it's a little depressing because i can't remember a moment where i f- like fully was like present in the like in the present and felt rewarded to that point where i was like oh my god like this is it you know what i mean yeah. like and i'm always still reaching for it. you know even when we were playing you know in front of everyone for the, the i would actually seller, say like See, for me, the Octane tour was that, I think. Yeah, and, and like – Like that was the and, first time and, I was like, wow, this is like 20 years of hard work. Like even though it wasn't and, my personal project that I had been in for 20 years, you know, like all the shit that I had done before it like put right. me in that position, you know? And like I felt so like weird that I hadn't felt that yet. But then, you know, in retrospect, like looking back, you know, I, I did, you know, and, and I and, and when I see the pictures that were taken, because, you know, when I when I was in it, dude, I was so nervous. First of all, really? like, we were the opening band, dude. Oh, we were the wow. opening I did band. not get that from Everything, you guys at all. Dude, I was I, I, I'm glad that I did a good job of hiding it. But I remember like before every night on the stage, I was still smoking at the time. I would like walk outside and like grabbing my hair and like smoking a cigarette. Like, oh, my God, like you know, wow. all right, I got to do this. Like, it's time to do this. And I would like kind of talk myself into it. And then I would just go, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, you're right. Like when I look back on it, you know, I, I honestly wish I would have like lived it up a little bit more. You know what I mean? I wish that I would have like, I don't know, like maybe not necessarily partied more yeah, or I mean, anything we like that. Party, but just like, really? <laughs> yeah. I, I that just, tour was you know, not I, like, I was, it, it wasn't like a crazy party tour at all really like it was so it was such like a grind because of like the level of everything you know yeah i feel it man and and i mean we were still doing the drives too i remember some of those drives were like long (laughs) and we would just do four hour we would do four hour shifts like Mm -hmm. all right my four hours is up like i'm gonna go take a nap because i know i'm gonna have to like drive again later and yeah you know but 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 I think that, yeah, now that that's happened, it, it took me a while to, like, realize it. And I guess kind of losing it all was, like, sort of, like, I when know, I was, right? like, oh, my God, like, like damn, like, I thought we were going to still be out doing, like, headliners or at least, you know, some smaller runs with some homies. Like, we had a tour we were going to do with Assuming We Survive when we were, like, we're going to come back out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, you know, COVID was just, like, just swept the rug out from underneath yep. of us. And I'm, like, damn, like, no, I just want to be back. Yeah, I just want to be back. What was that awesome theater we played in on that tour? There was a couple of really awesome theaters. Uh, what state? The Van Buren. Oh, the Van dude, Buren that's was like my favorite oh. room. I dude, love that, that place. That place was like a dream. In the green room, like they hook it. They have that really nice piano in there, and like there's a beer tap oh. and coffee tap and the record player, the big library thing they have. It's sick. I love that place. Yeah, dude. That was like I always like, tell people yeah. that's one of my favorites, and they give you socks. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yep. Love it. That place was so cool. Mm-hmm. Is that like wh- uh, what would you, you say it. is I your favorite it. venue? I'd probably say the Van Buren. I always, I mean, I liked the. Uh, I think the Chicago House of Blues or the House of Stairs was still a pretty cool one. I thought yeah. it had a cool, 
room yeah, set up. God damn but for me, like the theater stairs, kid in me, dude. dude. Yeah, Josh, oh, have dude. you? Josh lives by Chicago, so you've been there, right, Josh? Oh, you I, haven't I been haven't there. Been to many, like no. Okay, dude. The, the, uh, like when you go in as a spectator, you still have to go up like a flight of stairs, I think. But like mm-hmm. where the bands park, it's under the street, and I think it's is it it's like six floors of stairs to the stage. Yeah. And then it's like yep. eight or nine floors of stairs to the green rooms. And it's like mm-hmm. just straight up from underground, like all the way to the top of the building. It's like, yep. it was, oh. it was cool though. Cause like the green room layer, that like top layer, it just felt for me like very fan of the opera. Like when you guys were playing, I, I would just mean, stand yeah. I'd stand in my box on the balcony and look down and be like, yeah, they're fucking killing it right yeah. now. And I just like, I love that. Yeah. So I think that that was probably my favorite house of blues, but I don't know the theater kid in me, the dreamer in me, like if I could do like a just theater tour and like make each show, like an event that was like going into the opera or something like that would be like, like a seated theater. I just love those theaters. Yeah, like yeah, not I would just love the seated to do that. theater, but I would those, love to like, do a seated you know, theater. I think it'd be sick. Like with the different layers and the boxes and stuff. I don't right. know. I just the old the old school like Victorian, you know, mm-hmm. in me just like totally loves those vibes. So I would I'd say the Van Buren definitely like stands at the top of that. Like I just tower love the way they thing. they treat you there too. It's such a great great. Oh movie. yeah, they were so sweet. Yeah, they're amazing. All right, cool. Well, look, that's like a full history of the band, unless we missed anything that got us to where we are now, right? Like we've talked about what you're doing in Nashville. Um, yeah. Did we miss anything? No, not really. I mean, uh, after the Octane Accelerator tour, we, we did like a, a headliner after that that was fun and cool and all. But then shortly after that, like what, March is when COVID hit. And that's when it was like freaking music Armageddon. Yep. Um, so what we usually do after we go through history at the end of every episode Take as long as you want. Throw anyone you want under the bus as long as they're cool with it. <laughs> um, give us some, like, juicy tour stories or one or two if you Oh, have. man. It's it's kind of hard for me to do the tour story thing because, uh, for me, uh, the, the tour blurs together into one sort of experience. So it's hard for me to be like, this place, this date, this happened, you know. But I remember um, – I forget what the name of the venue was. What was that venue that had, like, the crazy, like, pool room? That had like that big empty pool and it was like haunted as hell feeling. um, That's by me, dude. The rave. The rave. Yeah, the rave. You remember that spot? Yeah. I remember I remember us going back and forth to the green rooms there and there was like a group that was like doing like some weird dance and it was like some like ritualistic like and I was like Were they uh, playing in a different Oh, you know what that was? So Melanie Martinez was playing the giant room all the way up and that was that was like her dancers. Okay. Okay. I, but that they makes were doing some sense. like weird, like it was, dude. I remember being like art in the pool. I was like, it's a big I was empty surprised pool. They didn't, like start. Yeah, man. I was like surprised they didn't start like drawing pentagrams and dude, stuff. I just remember it was just an odd thing to walk in on. What a cool but, uh, venue, though, right? Oh he, yeah. Dude, so here's also a here's good one. um like I've heard. So first off, uh, that place is supposedly haunted, right? But like going like to get to the green rooms is like an experience. You have to like walk down these weird tunnels into the pool area that's emptied out, then up these stairs through, like, the old locker room, right? And mm-hmm. then there's, like, green Which rooms Which was, like, on the other creepy, side. creepy, creepy. Right. But I heard that, and I, I, I've only, I have no way of knowing if this is true or not because I just heard it from someone that the hotel nearby was where Jeffrey Dahmer was, like, killing people, and he would go oh, wow. 
to the rave when it wasn't the rave or whatever, there's like tunnels underneath that go directly to the hotel. And that's where he Whoa. would like grab people. Yeah. Josh, are you, are you doing research? That. Yeah. That's I've cool. never been there, but it's, it's like 45 minutes from me. Cause oh, wow. I'm right by the border to Wisconsin. So I'm going to look it up and see. Yeah. I didn't know that. We got to look that's at, awesome. we got to find out. Cause I don't want to be putting that energy out there if I'm wrong. <laughs> About but no, I remember I, it's not the first time that I've heard like um, something similar to that story, though, because that hotel is like well known. They've used it in like, yeah, references and stuff like that. But um, so that was a really cool one. I remember but kind of it a weird snowed one. that day. You remember it was like freezing. It was October and it snowed like a few inches. Yeah, I'm not. I that makes perfect sense because I I remember being cold a lot of that tour. Well, we went through like all the seasons on that tour. Do you remember that? That was literally like the tour of the four seasons. Like I remember it being really cold until we got to L.A. It was like freezing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember I had like so many pairs of gloves that I was going through at the time. But um, so that was a cool one. Another one of my favorite stories. This is more of like a fun one. It's not really juicy. Is uh when our our bassist Drew got to do the uh the breakdown for uh, tower of pain with uh fit for a king the one night i watched uh, that you know because drew yeah because drew is like such a big like hardcore kid you know and like they're so heavy and like such a cool awesome band i love those guys and um you know i remember we got a video of it and uh you know and i remember like being at the venue and like taking a breather but seeing on that like tv in one of the rooms like drew getting up there and doing it and i was like oh it's happening what and I, venue like, was out. that um was that chicago oh, it was it was towards the end. Um, I think it was one of the House of Blues, but I can't. I'm not 100% on which one it was. Like I said, it all kind of blurs together. Um, I remember the lighting was like very red because I remember like seeing well, it, like the lighting was like, super super red. But but yeah, and uh, I know he loved that. And and Drew's, you know, he's an awesome bass player, and he's like a younger dude, so dude, I feel like that so experience good. was like awesome for him. You know, he's a great bass player. He's way better than me. <laughs> But Josh I mean, just almost lost it right there because Fit for a King's his favorite band, and he doesn't uh, stop nice. talking about them. Dude, I think it great, dude, man. I think it was in Chicago because I was sad I couldn't go to the show, and then I saw that video, and I got more sad. Oh <laughs> no! The other no, day I asked really Josh, cool, I was like, "Hey, Josh, what if you could put together a super group? Who would be in it?" And I'm pretty sure your first answer was just everyone in Fit for a King. <laughs> Dude, I mean, those guys are like insanely good, though, and, yeah. and freaking great, great dudes. Like, yeah, I know every time I bumped awesome into dudes. one of them outside, like they were totally cool to hang out I've, with. I think like, I uh, plugged Tuck's podcast more than mine. <laughs> oh, no. I do love Tuck. I, I got mad love for Tuck, and uh, he just like got me involved with the featured X group and stuff, which yeah, I think that, is super, super rules. awesome. Yeah, it opens up a lot of opportunities to collaborate more because, like I said, I think rock needs more collaboration, man. Like if hip hop and pop are doing it all the time, like I don't see why we can't like team up, you know, like that might be why our industry is struggling a bit. You know what I mean? Like there's that sort of like old school elitist mindset that we shouldn't like do stuff together or like everyone is very sensitive. I feel like people are very sensitive about owning the things that like, oh, like, oh, dude, that's our song. Like we wrote it and like. It's like, dude, I want other people to like get involved and like 
You know, like this song, good stuff. songs are good songs. Like nobody's really like like hardcore taking a magnifying yeah, glass to who wrote what. You know what I mean? Like if it sounds sick together, like I love that together, DJs you know? now have like names for themselves, and it's like Zed featuring this person and Zed yeah, featuring you know? this person. You know, like all those guys. Like I just I think that's sick because the people that like yeah. work on the music and stuff like deserve that just as much as like the people that do the the lyrics and the vocals and all that stuff you know agreed yeah it's, it's, yeah absolutely you know because the, there's a lot that goes into that and you know everyone you know i don't know everyone should be like should get the credit for for what they do but um but i don't know another uh, great tour story i remember it was like a pretty crazy chaotic day because um you guys uh i think you guys showed up kind of late to the venue and it was like you guys got like oh, uh, maryland like bombarded yeah in that Baltimore. was when our bus now, broke down yeah that's what it was because i remember yeah. when we heard about that we were like oh no like what's gonna happen uh-huh. but um but that was a big show for me on that tour and probably like one of my favorites because that was when like my family got to come out you know like my dad and mom and my auntie and my cousins and like yeah, yeah. a bunch of my other family members made it out to that one and you know i remember like all of your all of the merch was just like spread out all across the floor it was when a, I first like got a, there. Like, like a bomb went off when I walked in there because yeah, our trailer dude. got like towed there ahead of us for like our crew exactly. to like set everything because up. You ha- and you had uh, um, oh, I can't I think Heather was the one who was doing it. Heather like was just like box yeah. after box just like inventorying stuff and uh, I, I mean and, I, I, who else was there? Derek? And, uh, Derek was there yeah, yeah yeah and it was like well Derek was always you know he was like merch guy mm-hmm. but um but i remember that was like pretty crazy because it looked like a bomb went off but that was like a super rewarding show because my family like i don't know when you when we were like a smaller band sometimes my parents would come out to shows or whatever but you know like when you finally had like a big show at like a well-known venue right. in the state like all my family members came together you know what i mean they were all like oh my god like that's so cool so right, right. i think there was it was like a rewarding moment because you know I'm sure that there was moments where they wanted me to like go to college or get a normal job or whatever, you know, yeah. but I just, you know, Feels a little I just chose music. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I just chose music, you know, and I was like, I'm just going to do this. And, yeah. and it was, there was like a rewarding feeling that came with that. So that was one of my favorites. I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah. But Dude, that I don't know, man, was like it blast. was all an amazing, it yeah, it was an amazing experience. You know, it was just uh, surreal. You know, I, I do. I think back on it. I, I definitely like miss it. And then it makes me just miss shows. You know, I, I hope that the world gets to some semblance of like normalcy again soon. Cause you know, I, I don't know, man, I, I miss that outlet too. You know what I mean? Like I, when I'm stuck in the house and I'm stuck in this quarantine and, and whatever, I, I'm like in my head a lot. And that's like not a space I always want to be in. You know right. what I mean? I, yeah. I like getting out and expressing it. Cause that's what it always started off as for me. It was like an outlet to like express my creativity and like, get through the hard times you know what i mean so i do i miss it a lot well hopefully it comes back soon fingers crossed yeah we'll see yeah seriously we'll see all right man well listen josh did you do we have a verdict on uh the Dahmer rave thing no but i'm gonna go like do a deep dive on reddit later because that stuff is so interesting okay so So we'll put it out there too if, if anyone knows anything about that uh let me know if i'm totally wrong (laughs) <laughs> i did the the hotel though is right across the street the one that he like killed people in right yeah. right okay so i'm i'm i feel pretty good about it then so you're halfway there you're yeah. halfway there bro all right well look dude thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it um wishing you all the best hopefully we get shows back soon is there anything you want to plug before we 
wrap up? Um, no, no. Uh, thank you so much for, for having me. Um, if I was going to plug anything, I would just say we did just put out our first like full band only single. I'm really, really proud of the song. It's called Unfinished Business. You can stream it on Spotify and all the other um, all the other platforms. Um, I'm really proud of it. It is a little bit more of like my theatrical thing. I kind of like took a step back into that a little bit. And uh, it's had really awesome response so far. So thank you to everyone who has heard it. And, you know, if you guys get a chance, just check that one out and just yeah. keep up with us because we just did a whole bunch of recordings and we're definitely going to keep putting songs out there as much as we can. So I really appreciate you having me, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Well, thank you so much. And we will uh, maybe we'll do this again. We'll see. We'll get your yeah, take dude, on when touring starts again. Yeah, let's let's catch up again again soon, man. I, I think it's really cool that you're doing this, and I, I love like the whole vibe of podcast. You know, maybe I'll pick your brain on like some yeah, ideas yeah. on how to like do one on my own or something. Because sure, I still want to do my D and D podcast. Uh, and if you I do know the I will D&D listen podcast, to that. I, I'm calling it now that I'm going to get you on it, like, dude. I'm gonna please do because I know at least a session. I would love it because I played D and D one time and it was so fun, even though I had no idea what was going on. So definitely down. That would be. I a think blast. it would be fun to just do that so yeah I'm, i'll, I'll we'll, we'll talk more brother but thank you again for having me dude and thank, and thank you, dude. you josh for doing your thing and it's it's awesome to talk to you guys Love and it. you know good luck keep doing you guys this thing man this is awesome thanks dude we'll talk to you soon okay all right brothers all right see ya take care guys the darkness but i've seen the light and these echoes in our minds can't win this fight every day all the same living by the chains suffering utterly losing all my faith i propose a toast to who i am and who i wanna be here's to the hopes and the dreams here's to a chance to make a Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.